This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 47 for the week of October 15th, 2006. Welcome to Daisenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Daisenshu EX, we cover anything and... Everything? Everything. That's right. Everything. Dragon Ball, in hopes of enlightening, and just a little smidge of entertaining, too. How's everyone doing? Doing pretty good, thanks. Mm -hmm. It's Friday. Happy. Yay. It is Friday. It's Happy Friday. It's Happy Friday. Actually, it's Friday the 13th, so it's not that happy. (laughs) I guess. Are you scared? I am. I got through the workday okay, but, you know, there's still the night ahead of us. Hey, you're a woman, and you're talking to me. Oh, oh God, is that rare for you? Is this like a momentous occasion? No, not at all. I am Mike Labrie, perhaps you know me as Vegito EX, and over here we got Mary. Hi. How are you, ma'am? I am well, thanks. I think I already asked you how you are. Oh, okay. But now we know who you are, and so it's more important how you're doing, now that we have a name to go with your voice. I suppose so. And over yonder, we've got Julian. That is indeed so. And how good, sir, are you doing? Uh, all right. Long week, but I got a free lunch this today, and so I'm doing okay. Free lunches are nice? Yeah. Was it tasty? It was. That's good. Hey, you're mm-hmm. back in New York now. I am indeed. Yeah, he spent the week, well, last weekend down here. It was last weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. It was last weekend, I yes. I can't remember. Yeah, we did manga next for a couple hours. We did a recording, but we're all back to our normal lives now, and back to the what do you want to call it? Work week. I suppose that's what you can call it. School week for Julian. It's regular yeah. standard week. You know, we didn't <sighs> mention this last weekend, but we picked up some Dragon Ball Doujinshi at Manga Next. That's right. Totally reveling in fangirlness. What so did you weird. get, Mary? I got, um, I think it's just called Trunks the Book. Um, pardon me as I make noise <laughs> as I must check this. In any event, it was a book that I've been looking to get since probably 1998 or so. This book was put out in 1993. Um, I guess it's by the circle Shin Minazuki, and it was made in 1993. Um, what the? Oh, it's called, um, Dragon Ball Book Six. So, <laughs> I guess that's what they call their series. I guess so. And the other one we got was, uh... Uh, I got. You got. Because I do believe this was my money from my wallet. Oh, well, yeah, thanks. So, the one I got, it's uh, all about Vegeta as a child with Nappa. And I really, really enjoy the story <laughs> that explains what happens to Nappa's hair. Oh, dear. Maybe I'll scan that and put that up. It was very adorable. It was very adorable. You but... two were like your very own Genshiken. I mean, you even got a video game controller. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing I got. I got the, uh... 15th anniversary Street Fighter controller. And those purchases alone made uh, the entrance price for Manga Next (laughs) worth it. Well, folks, uh, we got some news, and we got a hell of a lot of video game stuff to talk about. And then we got Mary's Top 5 list, we got Julian's ABCs, we got emails. We're going to get on into it, aren't we? Guess so. Well, the first bit of sad news is actually something from last week, but... We did a special episode and just wasn't appropriate. Kazuyuki Sogabe has passed away, and uh, this was a voice actor that did a little bit of work in Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Well, actually, it was all Z and GT, so I'm kind of wrong. But this is a shame. Another one, they're all getting old, and they all smoke too much, I think is what it comes down to. Mm, sad but true. Yeah. So, Dr. Mew, 
Toma and Jinzo Ningen number 13 has passed away. I don't know. Not much else to say about it. They're kind of minor Dragon Ball characters, but he did some other big things in other series. Um, for example, he was Kunsight in Sailor Moon. So that's a somewhat larger of a role. And there's lots of other things too. So, uh, we're very sad to see another one go. And we hope this doesn't become a trend, even though, you know, eventually something's gonna happen. These guys have all been doing this for years and years and decades and decades. But, I don't know. I'm looking around and, it's kind of sad here, so I guess we're going to have to move on. All right. Mm. Bringing it over into video game stuff, because um, it exists and it happens. Sparking Neo is doing quite well in Japan. It sold 263,897 copies last week in Japan. Incidentally, that was its first week on the market, so that was pretty good. That is indeed number one for the week in Japan, beating out Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. I'd say that's an achievement, beating out Pokemon games. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, so Dragon Ball's doing quite well over there. I'm interested in seeing how long this lasts, though. Especially with all the rampant bootlegging. Uh, Feel free to segue into that later. Yeah, well. Um, what was I saying? (laughs) It's number one. Right. Typically, Dragon Ball games, you know, they do well for a week or so, and then they kind of fall off. So I think it'll be interesting to see how well this one does and how long it lasts up there. But it actually beat out the Pokey Leviathan for a week. <laughs> That's true. And New Super uh-huh. Mario Brothers is still up there, but it's at like number five or six. But mm-hmm. Good to see Dragon Ball making the showing. Proves that there's still interest over there. And I think that's it for news. Yeah, it's been a little slow, but but good news. I mean, bad news, but good news. Decent amount of news. Decent amount. Well, uh, we were just talking about Sparking Neo. I think it's time to talk about Sparking Neo. Dragon Ball Z Sparking Neo! We are going to do a two-week feature on Sparking Neo. Now, the main reason for this is because... Well, I've only had a couple days to play it at this point, and it wouldn't really be fair to give, you know, the full assessment of the game after just a couple days. But I definitely have stuff to say about it. So this week is going to be our initial first impressions of the game, and next week is going to be, you know, after we've had even more time with it and really delved into the game quite a bit, um, all the other stuff that pops up. Mary, you haven't played yet. No, I've watched you quite a bit. Um, yeah. I was thinking about picking it up this weekend. Okay. But I think this is just me personally with... So many games for Dragon Ball coming out on the market. I feel it's a bit oversaturated, and it's getting to the point where really even though this is, right now. this is my all-time favorite anime, and yet I have no interest in playing any of these <laughs> games. So I find that really bizarre. Right. So I think I'll pick it up, you know, just for the yeah, sake of we'll picking test it, it up. Out. But yeah. Well, let's talk about the game real quick. This is Sparking Neo. This is the Japanese PS2 release. The American release for PS2 comes out next month. And there's also a Wii version coming in quarter one, 2007. Now, in case you're not sure, the Sparking series is called Budokai Tengaiji in the U.S. And yes, that is an incorrect word order and an incorrect pronunciation. But let's ignore that for now. The Sparking series. This is not related to the Budokai series. There were three Budokai games. Kind of four if you count Shin Budokai on the PSP. That was like three and a half, I guess you'd call it. Um, Sparking is a brand new series done by a brand new developer, um, Spike, as opposed to Dimps, who did the Budokai series. Now, this game is all about playing the show, is really what it comes down to. More than any of the other games, I'd say. Right. I want to play the show. Mm-hmm. I'd say the closest was what most people just call Legends on PS1 and Saturn. Um, I have always said that Sparking was the spiritual successor to Legends. 
And we're just kind of glossing over sagas. It's <laughs> like a failed attempt to play the series. Uh, oh yeah, you know what? I actually forgot about it. So <laughs> <laughs> what's that tell you? In Sparking, you, I mean, it really feels like the series. It's got all the camera angles and the huge attacks. But what's also great, especially about the Japanese version, is that the music is actually from the TV series. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved the music in the Budokai series. Um, Kenji Yamamoto and all the Tower of Power performances, I thought they were phenomenal. But there was something really cool about playing the game with the music that you know from the TV series, especially in this game. And another thing that Sparking is known for is just tons and tons and tons and tons of characters, which we're going to get to because you hear that and what do you think mary i run for the hills <laughs> i say i don't want to play this game because they all play the same right um yeah that's how i felt about oddly enough the budokai games so right. that kind of you know unfairly i transferred that feeling over to this series right so it's kind of a bad stigma that i well have. let's get into the meat of the game shall we when yeah. we do game reviews we like to split things up accordingly we do graphic slash presentation we talk about the audio we talk about the gameplay, which is, you know, probably the most important part. And then we talk about other fun things, little things we've noticed. Other. Well, let's start out with the graphics and presentation. The menus feel really cramped to me for some reason. I'm not sure what it is. I really like all the character art and how everything's placed on the screen. But somehow I just feel like the selections are too small and too cramped up. That's not to say that things are bad. In fact, what I really like is that uh, the characters that are on the menu screens, they speak and their mouths do move. And the first one that I really noticed was when you go into the single-player story mode and Goku's talking. With each line that he speaks, he goes into a different pose. It's not animated, it's 2D drawings. But it's kind of hard to describe, like, his arms will shoot up in the air, then he'll go into, like, a fist pose as he's talking. So it's really neat. It's not just mouths moving. It's, uh, I, I love new 2D artwork in the games. But it is pretty hot. I, I also have things to say about that later, too. The single-player mode I was just talking about, you know, I really don't think I like the way that it's set up in this game. I like the first one. I'm a visual person, and especially because I'm playing the game in Japanese, I kind of need things as visual as I can get. I mean, I can read Kana a little bit. Mary, between Mary and I, we can usually get through, you know, character names and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I recognize all the movie titles, so that's definitely easy going through the story mode. Julian, you haven't seen it, but for example, movies okay. three and four, um, mm -hmm. on the menu screen single player, they're just, you know, the movie titles, like uh. Chikyu Marugoto Chokesen. Like, I know what that is. So I know yeah. that's movie three. Right. Um, however, it's it's just text. What I liked in the first Sparking game is, Mary, I don't know if you remember this, but you would scroll through and you would pick your fight and it would show kind of like a picture of that fight. I think I remember that. Okay. And this one, it's really not that way. Um, when you first start, say, like the Saiyajin arc, uh, that's all it says. And then you go into it and you just play through it and you play through it. And then when you're done, you're done. And it, go it goes back to the main menu. Um, say, for example, you save and you quit and you come back to it. You can, you know, pick up again where you left off. But again, it's just a submenu of all just text. I really enjoyed seeing, you know, who I was fighting and how many left I had to go, all that kind of thing. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just comparing it too much to the previous game, but that's how I felt about it. I think it's fair to compare because it's, you know, sequel to the last game. But not just menus. There's also, you know, things like character models and the actual game and how that looks. I think it looks a lot prettier than the last game. Yeah, it's a lot more refined. I yeah. think 
when they charge up and do their key attacks, they have such a cool effect oh, yeah. around them. The it's glowy so blue. Yeah, it looks very nice. It doesn't look jarring. Right. One of the problems I had with the first game was how shiny everyone was. Now, I I think one or two other people on the forum agree with me, and a lot of people disagree with me, is that I say Budokai 3 had the best-looking um, character models and graphics so far in all the PS2 games. This one's a okay. little close to it. It's it's a lot more colorful. I don't want to say saturated, but it's got that nice full feeling look to it. Whereas in the last Sparking game, even if someone's not in Super Saiyan, they're really glowing and shiny. It was kind of distracting. Shiny. Yeah, but everyone's like the orange and the gee. It just feels full is like the only word I can think of to describe it. All right, so you know we talked about the character models. I'll have more to say about it when I unlock more forms and more characters. I'm sure that's how I feel so far. Another thing I want to talk about are cutscenes. Now, I know I am in the vast, vast minority about my feelings on this. I don't care about cutscenes in the games. My feeling is that I've seen the goddamn show so many times, I don't need to see it over and over and over in a game showing me what I've seen, what I've read. Now, sure, say in the first Budokai game, we had those kind of alternate stories where Vegeta turned Super Saiyan on Earth, or um, was it Cell accidentally absorbed Kududin? You know, if if you're gonna do those things, yeah, I want to see those. That that's really interesting. But to just see things that I could just pop in a DVD and watch, I don't care. I kind of see what you're saying, but at the same time, if the point of the game is to play the show, I think they're kind of necessary just to scatter in there. Yeah, I can see that too. So I don't mind it so much. But when the game gets it wrong... (laughs) Unless it's deliberate, like an alternate thing like you just described. Right. Um, But I have something else to say about that later. I want to talk about the cutscenes and how they graphically are presented and stuff. Something that a lot of people, including myself, had a problem with in the first Sparking is that characters didn't really, you know, move in the (laughs) cutscenes. They were limited to anything that they would do kind of in their standing positions in-game. Like, they would just stand there and kind of shimmy shimmy and talk, and <laughs> that's about it. The, the sort of breathing moving up and down. Kind yeah. Of yeah, exactly. Okay. That's about <laughs> it. Breathing, breathe out. <laughs> um, this game knocks it up a bit, slightly. Overall, it's a huge improvement over the cutscenes from the last game. It's still, I think, a little too rigid. It's still too limited to what they can do in the game. At least it's no longer just standing there. You know, they move around and they fly. Because it's 3D, they can kind of turn the camera around at points. But it still just doesn't feel natural. Like someone will interrupt one of their movements and go into another one. It just doesn't feel that seamless. I kind of compare it, because, you know, I'm a game player, to Soul Calibur 3. And I'm also playing right now King of Fighters 2006 or Maximum Impact 2. You know, Soul Calibur, it's a Namco game. It's going to be beautiful. But everything in that game is just so fluid that when I see other games' cutscenes, I go, you're not Soul Calibur. <laughs> <laughs> then we've got King of Fighters 2006 that I'm also playing right now. So that's kind of where I am with games right now. I got, you know, hardcore King of Fighters on one side and Dragon Ball on the other. But in KOF, it's it's kind of in between Soul Calibur and this, where everyone's really pretty and they do movements that they don't do in game in-game fighting. They do other things. And I think Dragon Ball just doesn't quite bring it up that level. 
It just feels not natural. When also their job in the Dragon Ball cutscenes is to still look like the anime, whereas in KOF and Soul Calibur, you got these gorgeous looking characters that don't right. necessarily need to look cartoony and 2D all the time. Right. So I also think the the art style of Dragon Ball itself maybe kind of limits what you can do in the cutscenes, but maybe it's I also so. lazy programming. I don't know. Or just not familiar with it enough. I'm not really sure. A lot of people point to the first Budokai games cutscenes and say they're really great. I don't know how I feel about them. I think they were kind of cool, but it's been a long time since I've played it, so I don't think I could accurately make that comparison. But that's how I feel about the cutscenes in this game. And that's really all I have to say about the graphics and presentation right now. So we're going to move on to audio, and there's not much to say about audio as well. It's music from the series, and this time it's also music from the movies. Or I think we mentioned this either last week or the week before. It's, yeah, I think yeah, we we're happy some samples. We're happy ago. because it's more music instead right. of like the same few songs over and over again. Right. I think almost everything from the first game is also in this game, plus a bunch of other tracks as well. The big ones being mm. Mind Power and Solid State Scouter. Yeah, there's more Dragon Ball songs instead of just Maga Fushigi. It's kind of nice. I think it's mm-hmm. just the two, but hey, that's something. There's still the one GT song, but whatever. Um, what sucks about it, though, is that these samples play for about a minute. They don't loop. They have a very precise ending along with the beginning, so it just kind of stops, waits a second, starts up the song again, and it's the same song in the stage, so it gets repetitive and... I mean, I love, love, love the music, but even I have to admit this fault here. Kind of mm-hmm. gets obnoxious. Especially in the cutscenes, the one I'm thinking of. Maybe I'll save this for later, but now I'll just say now. The Bardock cutscene where he flies up in the space to challenge Frieza is playing Solid State Scouter, which is great, because it should be. But there comes a point where the music stops and Bardock starts talking. It's all serious. Mm-hmm. And, oh, the music stopped and... You know, it's just buffering because two seconds later, it's going to start up again. Like, no, this isn't how the scene goes. The music isn't supposed to be playing. But I'll complain more about that scene later because (laughs) I'm a nerd. But (laughs) let's talk about the gameplay now because I got nothing else to say about the audio. It's nice, but it has its faults. Gameplay. More of the same. Have you played the first Sparking game? Great. You'll be at home. Have you never played Sparking before? You're going to be confused. Like me? Really confused. Uh, it uses every single button on the PS2. That's scary and intimidating. Pretty, pretty much anyways. Like, L1 is your search. L2 is your key charging. R1 and R2 are your hovering up and down. And then you can use the analog sticks to look, and then you got your directional pads. It's a handful, let me tell you. I usually don't get cramped that much playing games, but for some reason, Spartan cramps me, and I think it's those damn shoulder buttons having to use them so much, so regularly in the game. Yeah, my hands hurt, so I'm going to take a break. Like old-school Dragon Ball games, and this is where I call this a snore fest, what do you do? You fly far away from your opponent, you charge up your key for a while, and you hopefully blast your opponent before they blast you. Yay. Granted, a lot of the series is like that, but for some reason, like, I get it. I'm playing the show. It's reenacting it really well. But this isn't as fun as Super DBZ is to me. You want more close close combat fighting? I do. And, I mean, you can in this game. You, you rush in and you, you hit. You can just punch and kick. But that's the thing. That's all it is, right. is punching and kicking. There's not much else. I mean, I know there is. I know it's a little deeper, especially because it's a sequel. They've had some time. You've got your teleportation counters and your combo breakers and all that stuff. But it's still not, and this is me, just because I'm a fighting game fan. This isn't a fighting game like I prefer. 
It doesn't mean this is bad. It's just different. Like we've said before, you've got your trifecta of Dragon Ball games. No matter which route you want to take, there's a game for you. This is for a lot of people because they're not necessarily, you know, old school 2D fighting game fans. This is for them. So for me, I say it's a little boring in that respect, but I still enjoy it because I feel like I'm playing the show and I can respect that. If by enjoying it, you mean cursing at the TV, I, then yes, you, you really enjoy I it. I don't. Yes, I do. I, I need to set up like a hidden microphone while you play and then like secretly edit it into a podcast. That would be awesome. That we would can do be awesome. A podcast of all the foul things that come out of my mouth it's when really I play this filthy. game. It is. You're filthy boy. I make up new curse words. Because I've run out of them, and they just don't feel naughty enough to me anymore. Um, other gameplay stuff. The key bars and the key levels made a little more sense to me right off the bat this time. In the first Sparking game, you had, you know, your key meter, but then you also had these two little, or three little ball things. And I was really confused the first time I played it. I think it I remember you cursing about those. I was like, what do I, I like, do? what the fuck did they do? I don't understand. This time it's just a number, and I get numbers. I know what one, two, and three are. I know that three is better than one. I know I want to get it there. So go me for understanding Sparking Neo. Um, that's all I have to say about the key meters. <laughs> Another thing that's been bothering me a little bit is this lock-on system where, you know, it's a very free-roaming game. You can kind of fly wherever you want within the boundaries of the stage, which I got to say are bigger this time around, and that's a nice thing. They're also gorgeous. I think we oh, forgot to mention man. that during graphics. Oh, that's The true. backgrounds are stunning. Yeah, they're really nice. The, the water and the cloud effects this mm. time are really, really nice looking. So props to them on that. What was I talking about? The lock-on system. Oh, like right when I start the match, a couple times I'll fly to the side or something, and I can see the opponent, not right in front of me, but very close and very distinctly on the screen. But because I'm not locked on to them, I can't fire my blast at them. I'm like, oh shit, I should have pressed <laughs> L1 first and then flown, and then I could have charged. And then like, argh. It's a little bit irritating, but once you get the hang of it, you kind of know what you're doing. One thing that they definitely improved on was... The items, or I should say were the items, because there are multiple items. There's not just one. I didn't even use them in the first game. I just kind of played the game and unlocked all the characters, and that was it. Never really did anything with those earrings, other than, you know, fusing them together to get the characters. Um, this time it's with the ones that add health and add to your key meter and add to your defense and your blast attacks. You need to use them, because otherwise you won't be strong enough to continue playing the story mode. So that was kind of good of them to... Don't actually implement what they've implemented. I was a little confusing at first, but when you uh, potentially attach an item, it'll show you which stats it's going to boost up, which level you'll go to. So you don't really need to know Japanese. You just test it and see, oh, this is going to affect this. And yes, circle, I accept this. So that was kind of good too. Like the last game, you combine two of the earrings things and you unlock stuff. There's more types of them this time around, and I'll probably talk more about them next week because I don't have a whole lot right now. Hey, it's a person. Oh, you finished. No, we're not done. Hop on, take a microphone, come on. Do you want a microphone? No. no. Oh, all right. <laughs> He'll just shout out his comments from somewhere That's else. That's right. Mr. Deluxe has entered the room, and and uh, he's brought Dr. Pepper. <gasps> Dr. Pepper wow. and Pocky? And, I don't think I've met him before. And munchies. <laughs> He's got them. They're not just munchies. The bag says munchies on it. That's, <laughs> that's phenomenal. And I brought some pot. <laughs> Dude. Um, yes. Believe it or uh, not. I like I brought some munchies. 
We're talking about video games. What? And maybe I'll throw this game in front of you tonight and see what you think about it. I'm curious to see how... It's the new Dragon Ball game? No, it's the new Journey to the West game. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Andrew's like me. He likes, you know, old Capcom CPS2 games. <laughs> He's uh, making himself at home. That's good. We're going to continue onwards. We talked about the items. Items, great, whatever. Collecting Dragon Balls. Uh, I kind of forgot that's what you do in this game. It was game. about a day and a half before you realized what to do. I think I was asleep <laughs> on the couch and you were like, I figured out how to get Dragon Balls. I'm like, oh. I totally oh forgot. In the first game, you blow up mountains and stuff and there might be a Dragon Ball inside. And I guess I blew up a mountain and said, oh shit, that's right. I'm supposed to be collecting Dragon Balls. That's what those seven little empty things are at the top of the screen. Kind of harder in this game. Harder, is that a word, or do you say more hard? More harder. difficult? You could say harder. Harder? Harder. harder. It'd be bad if it's more harder, because that's... <laughs> you hush. Um, because the computer's a little more relentless, or less relentless. What's the... Cr- I can't talk tonight. Jeez, dude. Uh, yes, computer harder. Make Dragon Balls not easy. So what I think I want to do this time is like I did in the first game, go back to an early stage that I know has a Dragon Ball and just blow stuff up and get the same Dragon Ball over and over and over until I get seven. And then I'll wish for things and then I'll have panties. And I think it's time to move on into the other. Mary? Yes. Other. Other. Well, what, um. What is, um, other? We have the box art. It is hot. It is hot. It is hot and sexy. Ooh. I don't know where it went, but it is hot and sexy. It has um, a cast of characters. It does. And I'm a fan of that. And yeah. they all are drawn shiny and new. Mm-hmm. Um, the American release is sexy in its own way, but I'm biased. But yeah, it pales in comparison, as usual, to Japanese cover. That's right. So, um, yes, it's cool. What is this that I'm shaking? Baby's brains. <gasps> <gasps> Mike! How could you? No. This is uh, Dragon Ball Z Sparking Neo Space Pod Digital Clock. Thank you. And uh, I notice it's still in its box. Why took, are you not using this? I took it out. You nerd you. Don't you want to be awoken <laughs> by, by a space pod Appar- day after day? Apparently it's one fifteen. Yeah, it's this little cute um, digital clock that you got for pre-ordering the game, which I did like a year ago. So I have it. Is there anything else to say about it's, it? It's a lot smaller than I thought it would be, but it looks practical. Right. Oh, it doesn't break. Easily. It probably will. If you pre-ordered the first Sparking, you get a little capsule pen. Which, oddly enough, is still intact oh, on our bookshelf. I thought it, we would have lost it by now, but yeah, we got all these weird... You know, looking at our bookshelf, we got scouters, we've got a dragon radar speaker, we've got this space pod, and we got this little capsule. We got all these little doodads from the show on our bookshelf, and it looks so otaku. I'm but not, it's adorable. I'm not a nerd. I just like things. So I'll take a picture of... I just broke the pen, I think. <laughs> Spoke too soon. No, it's fine. I'll take a picture of the space pod and... And all the doodads. And Andrew's throwing things around. And <laughs> you can open that DVD if you want. Yeah, I just you want to have... it without seeing it. Yeah, why the hell not? If you need it. I'll return it and say it didn't work. <sighs> um, other. The opening movie. Um, Two I, thumbs down. Yeah, I think we mentioned this last <laughs> week how it was the suckitude. Not only does the CG just look like ass, but how much more random can you get? It was really random. It, it was just, just them flying around. There's no story to it, which I don't necessarily need, but it's nice. I think the Budokai games kind of spoiled us with their, you know, freshly yeah. new animated openings that had, like, cuteness and everything going on. Yeah. And towards the end of this, like, they shove in a couple other characters and say, oh, by the way, these guys are in here, too. 
And what's with Cell standing on um, Golden Ozaru Bebe's shoulder? I don't think he's standing on him. I, I think he's standing on his shoulder I like think, a parrot. I think <laughs> so. Cell's uh-huh. just like, Cell Cracker. Cell watch Cracker. <laughs> yes. Huh. Opening movie sucks. It, but it's got Head Chala, the original version. So that was kind of nice. But you know, that's about it. What else? Um, we were talking about the characters feel a little more distinct than they did in the first game, but not a whole lot. Um, they have more distinct attacks. In the first game, almost everyone had that stupid, you know, I rush in and I hit you with a bunch of key attacks. Whatever. Everyone's a little more distinct this time. What are you doing? Oh, that's plastic, isn't it? You asked him to open the DVD. Uh, that's true, I did. I'm sorry. Don't yell at me. It's okay. He brought snacks, don't yell. I still love you. Okay. <laughs> um, Give it to me, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, ignoring Andrew's gay remarks, I'm going to fanboy whine for a little bit. I was okay. playing this yesterday. I was playing the Bardock story. And, um, Mary, what planet does this take place on? Vegeta? Well, that's where it should, correct? Oh, oh I thought it was... Well, that's, that's, I didn't phrase it correctly. Yes. <laughs> what planet should this take place on? It should take place on Vegeta, say. What planet did it take place on in the game? Namekuse. Why is Bardock on Namek? Because they're lazy and they didn't have time to make a planet Vegeta. And so oh no, so it got blown up twice? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not <laughs> just, you know, a cute little what if or something, because at the end he does fly off the planet up into space and challenge Frieza, which is, you know, from the TV special. Very lame. And when you get up there, first, you know, he challenges all of Frieza's henchmen. And it was really nice in the cutscene, it showed. Uh, a couple different people, like three different of the generic henchmen. And then when you actually do the battle, you just fight three QEs. Oh, that's weak. Yeah. The character model's right there. It's the, looks like an old dude with a big white beard. Yeah, doesn't like Trunks kill him? Yeah, prob- well, I think he slices him and then Frieza puts his hand through him. Oh, that's the guy. That's the one. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. And the other thing that irritated me is Bardock throws his blast. And doesn't Frieza already have the death ball made at that point? You're thinking too hard. In the stupid game, it just kind of hits Frieza, whose hand isn't even up in the air yet. This is the most fanboyish thing I've heard you say. I like the Bardock TV special, so I get to whine about it. So it just kind of hits Frieza, and then Frieza lifts up his finger, and he goes... And, yeah. Therefore, game is a disgrace. I, I want my money back. I want double my money back. And I think Toriyama owes me a lunch. What? Yeah. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's all I have to say this week. Hopefully by next week, you know, he'll have given me my soup and sandwich. And I won't have to whine quite as much about, mm, Frieza didn't lift his finger at the right moment. And so therefore, this game loses. Do you want him to give you a back rub, Jewel? Would that make you feel better? Oh my god, yes. Oh, God. This ends our first look at Sparking Neo. Check me back next week. That check doesn't me back. Make any sense. I would love to check it's you back. It's time to let someone else do a segment because I am. Like a hockey check? <laughs> <laughs> check Mike. I think I do need to be hit several times. That's it. Next week, I'll have even more stupid fanboy rants about the game because I'm a loser nerd. But. Now it's time for Julian's ABCs, where he teaches us things, and I hope he picks something appropriate this week. Not that I know what appropriate means, and, and, and I have a space pod alarm clock. Julian 
and Sensei, it is time for your DBZ ABCs, and we are up to the letter T. We are? Yeah, amazingly oh. enough, we are. Uh, okay, i got to rethink this then. Uh, T, 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 T. How about Tau Pai Pai? Uh, sure. Okay. All right, young grasshopper. This week we will be discussing Tau Pai Pai. Well, by we, I hope you mean you. Well, yes. Okay. So this character first appears in Dragon Ball during the Red Ribbon arc. He is an assassin hired by Commander Red to kill none other than Son Goku because he's being a sword in the Red Ribbon side. This guy is a ruthless assassin who takes money to kill people, like his profession suggests. But anyway, what was I going to say about him? I don't oh. know because you're the one speaking. Okay, so he wears a sort of Chinese-style clothing. He has the kanji for kill on his front of his clothes. Kill and- you! Yes, and the words kill you with an exclamation point in English on the back. You know and what? I got to bring in a King of Fighters reference because this cracked Mary up. Billy, on the back of his clothes, it says, no smoking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Hold on. We're getting a phone call. Wow, I got phone a call, call in. Mr. <laughs> Melzer. Yeah, we're actually recording the podcast right now. Really? Yeah. Can I let you go? No, it's okay. You want to say hello to everyone? I do. Well, go ahead. How can I do that? Can people hear me? Uh, I put my cell phone on speaker. Woo-hoo. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for actually liking a podcast done by a guy who knows absolutely nothing about Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> so I got two things, neither of which will be of interest to the people in your podcast. Okay, then we won't tell them. Well, you know what? We'll pretend we'll say goodbye to you right now. Okay. And then I'll just edit around it and be like, hey, what's up? So, goodbye, Scott Melzer. All right. Goodbye, Mike and everybody in podcast land. Bye-bye. So, Julian, we were talking about Tao Pai Pai. When yes. Scott so very rudely interrupted us. Not rude. Actually, you were, you were talking about the King of Fighters with Billy having no smoke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's right. So uh, Scott very rudely interrupted me. No, that's not true at all. Tao Pai Pai. Actually, I'm going to interrupt you. I don't think he likes smoking either. No, but... Oh, I, I was just going to say, we sound popular with this episode. We got the pop-in from Andrew. We got Scott calling. It's like, oh, we got that's friends. That's right. Believe it or not, I have friends. Wow. All of whom have been on the show, so maybe we're not quite as popular as we Damn thought. Damn it. I, you didn't have to say I it. I said it. I went there. I thought I'd put that out there. All right. I, I didn't want to boost your ego. You don't need that. <laughs> of course not. Julian, let's continue onwards. So anyway, he... <laughs> where, where, oh, yes. I have no idea. And so his name, too, is kind of reflective of this kind of Chinese motif that's also in his clothes. Because Tao Pai Pai is not Japanese. At least not the Japanese pronunciation. It's actually the Chinese pronunciation of the characters um, in his name. The first one it means peach, and then the second two are both the character for white. Peach, white, uh, white! Yeah, and I don't know. It, it kind of reflects colors because there's That's a true. red ribbon thing going on. Right. Uh, and, you know, a peach is very stereotypical, you know, fruit. <laughs> East Asia, like, well, anywhere really. But it, it's got, I don't know, some kind of significance in East Asia and in Japan because of the Peach Boy thing. Uh, Momotaro. But anyway, where was I? Oh, yes. He's but, got so, a name and he's got some colors and he's, yeah, he's so a dude. He's, he's got a kind of a cute sounding name if you think about it. Yeah, and, But anyway, he's a ruthless assassin. Doesn't he <laughs> hesitate to kill people. With his tongue? tongue? Oh, I was going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of 
kills Bora and wounds Goku and almost kills him except for the Dragon Ball in Goku's uniform. Righto. But he gets his butt handed to him when Goku fights him again and with kills help from grenade. someone in at well, least movie three. Oh, that's that that's true. In in the movie three version, Arati from Doctor Slump comes and helps him out. But, right. Um, yeah. She's so cute. But anyway, where was I? Oh yes. So he well, he's apparently killed by his own grenade during this when Goku kicks it up to get it away from him. Right. But uh, he comes back at the twenty third Tenkai Ichibudokai resurrected in some form and turned into a cyborg by his elder brother, the crane hermit, Surusenni. And in, in fact, their relationship as brothers was first mentioned in the previous Budokai, but Taopaipai was nowhere to be seen. But he was brought back with a grudge against Tenshinhan, who had abandoned the crane school and was responsible for giving him the scar that is across Tenshinhan's chest throughout DBZ because of, of his uh, slashy thing. Right replacing his hand. And his signature moon move is the Dodon Pa, which roughly translates to the Kaboom Wave. Super Dodon Pa! Jesus my. Christ. What? <laughs> I like stuff. <laughs> okay. But anyway. <laughs> Where did we go? Okay. But he is easily defeated by Ten Shin Han, who throws him at Tsurusenin's feet, and they both go off to, I don't know, scheme again for the next time. Or something <laughs> I thought like. you said to go skiing. What? I got a mental picture of Top Five Five skiing. It was awesome. <laughs> Oh, this needs dear. to be drawn. Some, Audience, make it happen. Someone, uh, it needs to be cyborg cow pie pie <laughs> and he's gonna use his blade as like one of the poles. <laughs> oh, God. So there's your task. Make and it happen. The, the last thing I want to say about him is that he only appears in later parts of the series in the anime where he's in the filler thing before the cell <laughs> it's game, so random. trying I to like it. swindle people out of their money to build this stupid dome that won't work against cell anyway. Hi, I'm Tao Pai Pai. I kill people. Here, do a puzzle. <laughs> and that's what he's been reduced to at that point in the series. Yep, but then he doesn't appear again after that, so nothing to worry about. Yep. He, like, just runs away when he sees that Son Gohan is related to... Right. Hey, that's Tao Pai Pai. Yeah. I love him. And that's T. You know who else I love? Julian? Who? I was going to say Andrew, but it's time for Mary's top five list, isn't it? So, Mary. So, Mary. Your top five list this week is the top five welcome additions of characters to Sparking Neo. Yepers. How topical. It is, it is. I'm trying to do this a little bit more lately, tied into the topic. That's right. So, I think we've had a, a bit of, you know, I think this is across the internet, people saying, Who's, who do you want to see in the game? And We've and- actually answered this question a ton of times in the past. Right. Like, every couple weeks, someone would email us and say, who are you looking forward to as playing is and that uh, Sparky Neo. So I hope you don't mind me doing this list then. I, it's kind of a throwback to I that. mind so much that it looped back around again to my not caring, and I think it's a great idea. Awesome. So these are characters that were not in the last Sparking. Right. And probably not in the Budokai series, mostly because that was just the most recent one. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's take it away. Do you have an order? Yes, I do. I think I have an order. Okay, well, number five. Number five. Gonna have to say Talisu. Talisu? Talisu. He's cool because, you know, he's a hot, tan version of Goku. Um, Beyond that, that's all there is to him. So that's why he's number five. But I'm happy to yeah. see him in there. Because it was cool to see him in the game. 
Yeah, he's a, a movie character. It was so. kind of weird because he's never been in a game. Well, that's kind of the other reason why. He's other on the than list. Um, plan to eradicate the Saiyajin. Yeah, and we've all played that, of course. <laughs> so, yes, our right. first mainstream um, appearance appearance right. of him puts him at number five. Cool. How about number four, though? Number four is another movie character, okay. and she's on here just because she's another female addition to the game. Yeah. Um. We haven't played much in the way of like, you know, one-on-one versus mode or anything. So I right. can't say I've played it as her yet, but the fact that she's in there is cool. Maybe her, right. her hair moves nicely. <laughs> this is a uh, Zangya from Movie 9. And she has appeared in the game before, believe oh, it I or know. not. Zangya was in Super Butoden 2. <laughs> I remember. Super Famicom. It's like, why is she in here? Oh well. <laughs> but now she can, um, be in another game. That, good for her. Yeah. Yeah. How about number three? Number three is Tapion. Yeah, I'm getting all the movie characters out of the way. Yeah, that's okay. And it's so funny. And this is my second top list with uh, Tapion in it. I'm sorry, Tapion. <laughs> or, or, uh, uh, no. I mean, okay, so Tapion, he's also cool. He has a sword, so. Yeah, he didn't really fight in the movie. He sliced. That's about he it. He sliced and diced and held his head. In pain a lot. <laughs> cried. So, yeah, maybe he'll do a bit of that in this game, too. I want to see him cry a bit. Maybe he'll have some, some good storyline a bit. <laughs> maybe you could play movie 13 and then he'll sit in the corner and cry and like, hold his head. Like, oh, my brains. I think I'm going to cry. What's number two? Number two is Grandpa Gohan. Yay! Because I would not have thought of this in a million years. It's a very cool addition, though. Yeah. With and without the mask. I was going to say, does he have the mask? Yeah. Because that's the only way I'd want to play as him. That's right. <laughs> But yeah, he's in there, and, um, you know, as far as I know, he hasn't been in any of the games. Nope. That's pretty unique. So it is. It's like just when you think they've, uh, you know, put every single character imaginable in, you know, this series, boom, Grandpa Gohan. That's cool. Yes. Now, I hope your number one blows me away. Um, it probably won't. Okay. You can say it anyways. Because it's Yajirobe. I like him, though. I like him, too. That's why he's at number one. I want to play as the fat, pudgy guy with the sword. I'm pretty sure I have. <laughs> he's, uh, he's comedy relief. I did play as him in the Saiyajin story arc. When he flies, he kind of, like, wobbles around in the air. Because, you know, he doesn't fly in the series. Right. But he's, he's... I didn't play him enough, but I think he doesn't charge his key very fast. And he can't fly for right, all that right. long. So, so it was just cool. a riot to yeah. have him in a game. And I know I've always wanted him in the game just because it's so absurd. Right. Now that he finally is, it's like, hell yeah. I not, I won't play with him. Is you it know. like, hell yeah? It's like, hell yeah, you got to rub it. Wow. Well, that ends your top five list. Thank God. Yeah. Jeez, I had it, to work so hard for this list. Because it, it ended on Yajirobe. But I like him. Therefore, I'm Vegeta EX, and I approve this top five list. So, releases? Uh, no. I don't think there's anything else coming out in October. Um, well, yeah, they've already passed. I haven't looked that hard, but all the R2s came out. The Animanga came out. Sparking Neo came out. Um, there's no DVDs going on in the U.S. right now because Funimation's in that we're not telling you anything stage. Oh, yes. Uh, Movie 13's already out. They just released that Broly box set. Uh, Viz is done with the manga. Is there anything <gasps> else? I mean, there's some, there's Sparking, or I guess I should say Budokai Tengaichi 2 in the U.S. coming out next month. Next month also has Jump Ultimate stars, but... Like, that's it. So is that it for October? Yes, sir. I, I love so. it when that happens. So now it's time <laughs> to go on to emails. 
Julian. Yeah. You're going to take the first email because you can read stuff, and I told you about it earlier. Hi. Go. Okay. So, email comes to us from Eric Kelly from Jefferson, Ohio. And he writes, This question relates to a comment made by Kuridin in Dragon Ball. It was him telling Goku that Muten Roshi owned the island that they began training on in preparation for the 21st Budokai. Now, I saw the dub of the show only, so I was wondering if that comment is valid in statement and in fact. Does Roshi own land? Well, not as far as I'm aware. <laughs> um, I mean, the only quote that I've really been able to find that's a semblance of that is actually has to do with uh, when Goku first goes on the island that he's looking around, and actually it's Buten Roshi talking to him. So Goku is all like, hmm, and because he's all impressed because there's like houses and stuff. He says, Chi-chan, koko, hoka ni mo ie ga tatteru zo! And Buten Roshi says, He's doing voices, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that just means that there's other houses on the island. So it's like there's like 300 people there living there on the big island that they do the training on. I don't think he owns the island. Um, he ain't got assume, the cash. One would assume from the context that he owns a plot of land on the island to do training, or at the very least, they don't mind him showing up and putting a house there. <laughs> right. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it for that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and maybe I mean, there's they, something we missed, but... And, I mean, they don't revisit the original island until way later in the series, so mm -hmm. that's the only spot I can possibly think of. Well, hey, that's something, and we got to hear you do voices. So that amused me. I smiled and I clapped my hands. And that's an accomplishment. <laughs> We're going to move on to the next email. And because this email comes from someone of the female gender, I'm just going to have Mary read it. All right. Because isn't that fitting? Yes, it is. I mean, I could do a voice. It would probably be pretty sexy, too. But I think I'll have Mary do it You instead. do do a pretty sexy female voice. I uh, know. Anywho, I think I'll paraphrase this one because it's a bit long. Okay. But we appreciate it nonetheless. We do. This one comes to, and I hope I'm pronouncing it properly, Shai from Israel. That's right. Unless it's Shai. Shai? Shai? We don't know, but it's great nonetheless. It's cool. It is badass. Great name, Shai. I hope that's your name. Okay. She writes, hey guys, what's up? My name is Shai, and I'm a female, in parentheses, fan from Israel. Yep, you've got listeners in teeny tiny countries no one cares about. I care about them because I have a listener there now. Yay! <laughs> All right. She says that after listening to what we've been saying on the podcast, uh, she's been appreciating the Israeli dub a lot more. They have some pretty horrible name changes, like Frieza becomes Paris. Um... And the translation is dodgy, but they keep the original music, and there aren't a lot of cuts, and the voices were pretty good, and they got Mr. Satan's name instead of Hercule. You said the H word! Ah. Yes, but only because she wrote it. Okay. Anyways, she wants to know if we'll do an overview of Dragon Ball GT at some point, because we want... Uh, she wants to know why we don't like it, what made it stink, but what are some good moments... Um, she knows herself how bad it is, uh, but she just wants to know our opinions on the subject. Right. And, uh, she goes on to say, P.S. Trunks' voice in the Israeli dub is really good. I think Mary would have liked it. Well, if you actually have any sounds, I would love to have them. Because Do you not I have, have Israeli I have, trunks? No, I don't have Israeli trunks. I have a section on my site called Trunks Around the World, which features, I think... German, French, Brazilian, Portuguese, a slew of other languages, but I don't think I've got Isn't Israeli Brazilian on there. Portuguese? Oh, well, I, I think I was thinking of the section. I was like, Brazilian, Portuguese, I think I is gotcha. uh, 
thing I wanted to say. But... Okay. Well, there might be a separate Portuguese Portuguese dub. That's true. It's been a long time since I looked at my own site. I'm, I'm <laughs> astonished I remembered that much, but right. yes, I want more trunks. Well, let's answer the question. Little does Andrew know, but we are watching all 64 episodes of Dragon Ball GT tonight. <gasps> I don't think so. Ashanda <laughs> Otaku. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> no. This is something that I've wanted to do for a while because, believe it or not, I haven't watched all of GT just yet. I've watched the vast majority of it. I've slept through even more. So, at some point in the near future, and it's probably going to have to involve multiple people so we can MST3K it and, you know, keep our sanity, watch all 64 episodes of Dragon Ball GT and do an episode about it. I don't know when this is going to be. Um, let's say three years from now, if we haven't done it, you can kick me in the shins. <laughs> I'm writing this down in my date book. October 13th, 2009. 2009. I'm there, baby. Oh, Kick Mike in the shins. Um, I will be wearing shin guards that day, so yeah, it'll hurt a little bit. I'll feel a little boop. That's about it. Yes, we will watch all of GT just for you, and don't you feel great now. You're going to kill me. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm just going to die. Oh, man, those fucking... The M2 storyline. I remember we were watching those fan subs. I'm like, I just cannot stay awake. This is so fucking bad. And then the evil dragons, like, one's a pig or something. And I don't know. Fuck it. I'm throwing stuff. I don't even yes. fucking care. I fucking hate it. And, and, the, oh, what? Doesn't the dark dragon even have, like, a cigar? Or I don't know. Why not? Oh, oh, and and he's called Omega. No, no, he's not. <laughs> you lose at life. <laughs> no, at Street Fighter. Okay. No, sometimes I win. That's true. Only if I use Ken. And because of that, Banana Ken, we are moving on <laughs> to the last email for the week. And this is an audio email, and this gives me a chance to listen to audio <laughs> from, from Kevin in Germany, because he's a pretty cool dude. Hi Mike, hi Mary, hi Julian. It's Kevin from Germany again. My question concerns Cell's regeneration after Goku hits him with the Shunkan Ido Kamehameha. In a German version of the manga, Cell mentions that if his head is damaged, he can regenerate himself. However, after Goku's attack, he clearly loses his head together with his whole upper body. Was the statement with his head just a loose translation, or is this an error of Akira Toriyama? Julian, you're going to answer this question, because okay. I get to order you around. All right. <laughs> he just accepts it. <laughs> wait, wait, what? What was they saying? <laughs> Nothing, go ahead. So there's a couple of theories. One could say that Cell's nucleus is, you know, like... Movable within his body, which I suppose is possible. Yeah. And another possibility is that Cell somehow improved his abilities since he said that so that he can um, basically regenerate as long as there's some cells left. And the last theory is that Toriyama just forgot. Basically. Mary, is that you? Oh, sorry. I had what a really that? rough dinner. <laughs> Mary, Mary's playing with the uh, capsule alarm clock. I thing. can't open it, so I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> it it beats my brain. This is why Julian's answering this. I can't open pod. It it goes like hold on. Yeah, you can't do it either. Shush! It goes like this. See? Oh, I did it. 
I thought it was a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Pi-Pi we kill you, because you can't do the space puzzle. Damn it. Um, yes, Nucleus moves around his body. That's kind of like the generic fan theory about it. Because the Nucleus can move around in the cell. It's not always necessarily in the middle, right? And his mm. name is Cell. Right, right. So why the hell not? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Toriyama's old. That's what it comes down to, really. <laughs> well, he wasn't that old when he was drawing this. That's true, but he is now. And so it still applies. Because okay. he's a crazy old man. And he doesn't remember stuff. Neither do I. And that's why you answered the email. Okay. But that's it for emails this week. If you would like to send us emails, it's very, very simple. And all you have to do is go to Dizenshu EX. You click a contact link over on the left. And it brings up a magical page with all sorts of email addresses. Yay, and, magic! And you can send things. So if you want to send stuff for the podcast, you get an email there. We'll answer questions. If you want to say anything about the podcast, send it on over there. And if you want to send any personal questions to Julian or myself, like, um, are you or are you not wearing pants at the present moment? I will be glad <gasps> to answer those emails. It may take me a month, but I will answer them. Are you actually soliciting what are you wearing emails? <laughs> like? Age, sex, location? I hate oh, you all. God. Why did I say that? Because now I'm going to get those emails. <laughs> yeah, send us emails. We'll be happy to answer them. And um, normally we would close up the episode, but I have a little rant to get into here. Yeah, and this actually concerns the topic from the week, Sparking Neo. Now, the game came out two Tuesdays ago. Not this last Tuesday, but the Tuesday before. Well, that's when it shipped. It actually came out October 5th. So one would assume that you know, you can't play the game until it at least comes out in Japan, right? Right. Especially if you're in the U.S., it's got to ship to you, right? Right. Unless you're a fucking 12-year-old on a forum somewhere talking about how proud you are that you've bootlegged the game. Now, this is nothing new. No, this isn't. But it irritates me with Dragon Ball for a couple reasons. And especially this game. You know... You're playing the game. It's in Japanese. You have to venture outwards onto the internet. You want to get a list of the items... You know, you want to figure out what things you're going to combine, get some help here and there. And, of course, you venture into the dark side of the internet where Goku means monkey and Turles is a pun on turnip. Yeah. Right, right. These are the same kind of people who, like I said, are so blatantly proud that they've bootlegged the game. They've gotten it for free, and yet they feel the need to complain about how gay the voices sound and how awful the music is. Listen, you little fuckers. You get the game for free. You're not really fans of the show. I'm sorry that you missed the entire point of the goddamn game. And that's that it has the music from the TV show and has the voices from the TV show. I'm sorry that you don't get your little... ...in this game. So, in conclusion... Go fuck yourselves. I mean, it'd be slightly different if they'd actually paid for the game and, you know, bought it. But, I mean, complaining for something that you got for free, I mean, why? <laughs> yeah. So, I'm actually going to turn this around into a public service announcement for the Daisenji UEX forums, because you're guaranteed to get a response from someone who has a grasp on at least one language. Usually English, because that's all we allow on the forum. So, if you have questions about the game or anything like that, I've actually started a help thread. People got some links, people got some questions and answers. Whatever you want to know, we'll be happy to help you. And they'll type properly. So check out the forum. It's uh, it's on Dizenshu EX, the website. Because Word. cool things are there. And uh, now it's really time to wrap up the episode. 
because I need to go have gay sex with Andrew. Then we're going to watch Silent Hill. And then we'll probably have more gay sex. More harder. <laughs> more pants. harder, please. More harder, less pants. I like this. So I'm going to say goodbye to Mary because she can't be here. Yeah, but Blah. I can't leave the apartment. Uh, you can walk around outside for a while. It only takes I, just I like guess five I do minutes. have to leave during the gay sex. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Mary? Yeah. You are from Temple of Trunks. That's right. That's a website that has trunks around the world. <laughs> With the Brazilian Portuguese trunks. <laughs> Thought there is, yes. I make fun because I love. I know. In a purely heterosexual way. I beg to differ. Sure. Uh, Mary, if people would like to find Temple of Trunks. And you should. In a very heterosexual way. That's right. And even if it's homosexual, because Trunks is a pretty cool and hot and, um, look, I opened it again. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Temple of Trunks? You can find Temple of Trunks at T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K-S dot com. That's templeotrunks.com with an update. Maybe I'll update again. <gasps> we'll see. Put up succession, will you? Oh, shit, yeah. And holy crap, yeah. Okay. Yeah, new new Dragon Ball video. Um, if I'm too lazy, get it from Dyson X, <laughs> which true. I am, so get it from there. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Um, Julian. Yeah. You're from Dyson X. I am indeed. That's a great place. Um, well, uh, I think we're a little biased, but yeah. Uh, I'm not biased at all. I'm super okay. biased. <laughs> yes, you can find Julian and myself at Dyson X, and that is www.daizex.com That's dicex.com No, it's not dicex.com I said dicex It's ex, oh. though. You know this. You actually yes, get yes. it wrong. <laughs> okay, dicex.com <laughs> Well, I, I, I reserve the right to do it wrong now. No, man. you don't, because I own the he domain He gets one foul up a month. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, that's it. Check us out next week. We'll have the conclusion of the Sparking Neo review. And by that, I mean I'll just whine about stuff again because I'm really good at it and I enjoy it. And Solid State Scouter is a great song. So for Mary and for Julian and for myself, not for Andrew because he's over on the couch and I would never once think to speak for him, Mike Labrie, Vegito EX, and I gotta say, I'm worried about how this podcast will do because I believe it will determine the amount of sex I will have in the future. 大前中 EX ポッドキャスト今週も聞いてくださってありがとうございます次回をお楽しみに